Chevy Equinox with forward collision alert, automatic emergency braking, and available all-wheel drive. It's my ultimate mobile device. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to schedule a test drive. Chevy Equinox. It's your choice. Own it. 720 WGN. It is 318 WGN TV just called us and said, I'm sorry, we have Tom Skilling occupied. We're doing some filming. He'll join you at 345. So 345. But memories and a look back at his career at 335. He's a busy guy these days. I don't know how he isn't absolutely collapsing because he has been pulled in so many directions um, I know the TV side is doing a big party for him on Saturday and Sunday. He's getting on a plane and going to Hawaii for three weeks. So God bless Tom Skilling. He will be here at 345. Here in Conti, you hear weekends on WGN. She's a partner at Conti and Dolan. And I always love having you on, Karen. Um, several stories today, but did you see they pulled another body out of, I believe, the lake this time? Yeah, I did. Uh, I didn't read much about it, but what's interesting is that you don't get to read much about it, even just the mirror taking it out of the lake or the river, and then you follow up and you Google and you don't see any follow-up about anything. I know. It's just crazy, and therefore the idea of a Chicago serial killer continues to permeate social media platforms because people cannot find out the information they want. But we'll look at that in the future as we find out more I'm intrigued by this judge finally being removed from the bench. We had the victim and her dad on our show. At that time, she was not 18 years old. She was raped at a graduation party by an 18-year-old. She was 16 at the time, but she was brave enough to go on national TV and to talk about it with her father because this Illinois judge decided, even though there is minimum sentencing guidelines, he decided to pull the kid out of jail after 148 days and said, that's good, time served, you're free. And now this is the last, he's done, right? They pulled him from the bench? They did, and it's very unusual to see this happen. Very, very unusual. But, you know, the the rules when it comes to the ethics of lawyers and judges has really changed over the years, Lisa. And, you know, this whole idea of uh, being sensitive to gender issues, being sensitive to uh, propriety when it comes to, um, you know, political correctness, all of those things have really changed. But I think the core of what this commission said was, you have an oath, you took an oath to abide by the law. Your oath is not to figure out what laws you're going to uh, implement and which ones you're not. And and on top of that, the comments that he made, I don't know if you recall them, but he was yes. basically blaming the parents for allowing these kids to drink alcohol and to swim in a swimming pool with their underclothes on, as if to say, some for some reason, you know, this kid who raped this 16-year-old girl somehow was justified in doing it. I mean, that's just outrageous. It is outrageous. And I guess I followed it very closely because my husband went to high school with this guy. And he is an Adams County judge. His name is Robert Adrian. And the panel, the Illinois Courts Commission, said, well, they accused him of willful misconduct, conduct that was, um, I don't have the words here, but he, he... He just decided he wasn't going to follow the law. You're right, Karen. And judges cannot do that, especially when there's minimum guidelines for sentencing, right? 
And, you know, I, I shouldn't say, like, you, the laws and the rules here shouldn't be applied across the board, but it's one thing to say I've got compassion for somebody because he stole a loaf of bread for his sick mother. But, I mean, you have a victim here, a, a young girl, and, you know, uh, when, you know, the sexual, these kind of sexual um, issues can change a person's life, and, and girls can be, you know, they can commit suicide and, and, and be depressed and all of these things. And, and that part of the recovery for this girl was to have this kid prosecuted under the law. You know, so it, like it, it wasn't just being sympathetic to him. It was it should have been about her recovery as well. Absolutely. Speaking of women in the news, the divorce law in Missouri looks like it might finally uh, change, but they're not the only state that outlaws divorce for women who are pregnant. Texas, Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, and Missouri require that women stay married and a divorce cannot be granted until after the baby is born. What do you think about that? Totally and completely outrageous. And you know what's interesting is, do you know what the leading cause of death for a pregnant woman is? The leading cause of death, homicide. And it's from usually from the father of the baby, right? Or the or the boyfriend or the whatever. Yeah. You know, the risk of homicide is thirty five percent higher in pregnant women. That makes it really dangerous. And so when you have abuse and you have a pregnant woman and you have divorce and you have that combination of stress, this is really dangerous to keep people together. And listen, courts have other ways to protect the child and to protect the paternity of the child. And you can do all of these after a divorce. You can have testing done. You can do a a child support hearing. You can do all these things to make sure the child is taken care of. The idea that you have to put a woman through uh, that waiting period is just ridiculous. And she's in more danger if the baby is not his. And you're forcing her to stay married to him. I mean, I hope the law not only changes in Missouri, but in those other states as well. Okay, the other big legal story this week is the illegal immigrant that murdered a woman, brutally beat her, on the campus of the University of Georgia. I find it interesting because there was a murder at the University of Kentucky as well among two wrestlers, both on the wrestling team. That's getting no play. This is getting a lot of play simply because of his illegal immigration status, right? That's correct. And listen, I'm not going to uh, get into the politics of immigration and all of that, but I just want to say that the statistics on whether immigrants, illegal immigrants, or ones that do have the, 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 the green cards, The people who are born in this country are two times more likely to commit crimes, including violent crimes. They're two and a half percent more likely to commit uh, drug crimes, and they're four times more likely to commit property crimes like theft. So when you look at the statistics, it's not the immigrants and the illegal immigrants who are the bad guys necessarily. Now, are there some that are committing these crimes? Of course and absolutely. And, you know, they should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law and then sent back to their country uh, where they came from uh, in, in a proper legal proceeding. But I don't like the idea that we're tagging all of these people and seeing all this false data about how these people are coming in and, and ruining our lives. No, it's the people who are born here who are largely committing the crimes. And Karen, due to his status, is there any chance he would be deported before he is tried and convicted here? 
I don't see how there would be. Lisa, generally speaking, he will be. Um, he could, he's going to get all the rights that anyone would get. He would get a right to an attorney if he can't afford it. He'll be tried. There's a death penalty in Georgia. They, they like their death penalty in Georgia. Uh, he might be charged with that. And if he ever gets out of prison, which if he's convicted, my, doubt, my guess is he will never get out of prison, he will then be detained and will be sent back to Venezuela. But that won't happen until he gets convicted and spends his sentence. And um, regardless of whether he's from Venezuela or not, Georgia does have the death penalty, so they could put him to death. They could. They have to have an aggravating factor, which is kind of complicated, but I think they're trying to say that there was an aggravating factor. If there are other crimes committed in conjunction with this, if he has a prior, it looks like he did have a prior from New York. So they're going to probably try to pile on all those aggravating factors so they can charge him with the death penalty, just due to the public outcry, due to the fact that this 22-year-old lovely girl was going to save the world being a nurse, and it just it really has hit a lot of people uh, in, in a soft spot here. Yeah, absolutely. It's a tragic story. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. When are you on this weekend? I'm on from three to five. On Sunday? On Sunday. I'm sorry. On Sunday from three to five. (laughs) Karen Conti, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Lisa. Make sure you join her Sunday afternoon from three to five. That's Karen Conti of Conti and Dolan. Uh, Steve's News is coming up next. And then Tom Skilling checks in from WGN-TV about 345. We've Got a little send-off and some great old audio of Tom getting his start in the business. That's on the way on 720 WGN. Lisa Dent, WGN.